So today we're going to be talking about having sonship in the kingdom of God. Well, according to the scriptures in Romans chapter 8, it talks about us having sonship through our redemption, through the blood of Jesus. Jesus has bought us with a price, with his blood. He has given us his same spirit that dwelled in him and raised him from the dead is now in us. So for today's sermon and teaching, we will go further into detail, in description of what this really means. If you can grasp this, that you are an heir to the kingdom of God and a joint heir with Christ, that you realize your true identity is being a child of God, not an orphan, but a son or a daughter. This will change your whole mind. The enemy will not have any room to push you or cause you to have an identity crisis. So I'm going to be reading Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. As believers in Christ, when we become adopted into the kingdom of God, when we transition from death to life, we have been given the Holy Spirit. This is the third Godhead. This is the triune God, right? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps you to become like Jesus. The Holy Spirit makes you holy. He sanctifies you by his word. It says that all scripture has been inspired by God or breathed upon by God. That means the Holy Spirit will activate the word that you read and it will be downloaded into your spirit. So when a place of trial and tribulation or any type of hardship, the Holy Spirit will bring back the word that you read. And you will start to actually act upon what you're reading. You will start to become the word of God. Now hear me out. Jesus is the word of God. But if you have been given the same Holy Spirit, that means the spirit of Christ dwells in you. So that you become more like Christ each and every day. It says in the word of God, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Right? So I'm going to continue further along within the chapter. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. This means that Jesus has paid the ultimate penalty upon the cross. He paid for your sin. He paid for your redemption your reconciliation back to the Father, and also the law that was required for you to be perfect, right? Back in the Jewish custom, there were 613 laws plus 10 commandments. No one could ever fulfill that every day. But Jesus, the perfect son of God, the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world, was spotless, He was holy, blameless, above reproach. He was sinless. But it says also in the word of God that God made him to know no sin, but to become sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
What righteousness means is to be right standing with God, to be in right terms, right relations with the Father. So this is not an opportunity to keep on sinning, to keep living a lifestyle of sin. But God has given us grace, which empowers us to stay free and to live a life worthy of the Lord. And also to walk in our righteousness, to walk in holiness, to walk in purity, to walk in love, right? To be perfect just as our Father is perfect in heaven. So to continue along in verse 3, For what the law cannot do, and that is weak through the flesh, but God did by sending his own Son likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So pretty much this is reiterating what I just said, that all sin was upon Jesus so that you could have a new life and a life more abundantly. See, Jesus paid the penalty that we deserved, but Jesus gave us life, a new life, a born again life that we could have this redo over, right? This renewed spirit now to be more like him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. According to Romans chapter 8, verse 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So as we go through this process, it's becoming sons and daughters of the kingdom of God, learning who we now are, our new creation, right? It says that you've become a new creation of Christ. That all old things pass away, all things become new. So in this place of learning your new identity within the Lord, you are now having the Spirit of God help you die to yourself. Die to your fleshly desires. Dying to uh, your passions, uh, your ambitions, um, secret motives. Hear me out. Your character will be developed, right? It doesn't take... The Holy Spirit doesn't change the attributes of who you are. He changes the character to conform to the image of Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit. So when we come into this place of being born again... We are continuously transforming, changing, getting our minds renewed, restored. And now we start we start walking according to the spirit of God. We start thinking of things of heaven and not things below. We start to have the same vision, the same mindset as the Lord does. And once you start developing this mindset, this is where anxiety leaves. This is where depression leaves. This is where suicidal thoughts leave. And you start obtaining the mind of Christ. You start to obtain the character of Christ. At the end of the day, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we need to always keep in the forefront of our mind. We are trying to become like Jesus every day. We're not trying to become like ourselves or somebody else. Our role model is Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I can't tell you enough. When I gave my life to the Lord, 
I always set my mind on things that were negative. I was always paranoid. I was always in a place where the world was out to get me. I had this victim mentality. But then when I gave my life to Christ, I started to set my mind on the things of the spirit. And I started to read his word. And I could tell all those negative um, condemnation and shame and guilt of the thoughts I had started to melt away. They started to drop off because the word of God was plunging them out of me. I started to have the mind of Christ. I started to have life and peace. And people around me started to see that, wow, Christian, something is changed in you. You are completely different. You used to act this way when this would happen, and now you're responding in a different way. And that gave me an opportunity to be a witness, right? We're not all evangelists, but we're all called to do the works of an evangelist, right? We're here not to make converts, but disciples of men. We are fishers of men. We are here to build the kingdom of God upon the earth. We are here to further advance the kingdom of God as an army against the powers of darkness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go further into the chapter. Verse 7. Because the carnal mind is an enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be. So just to put this in layman's terms, your carnal mind is an enmity against God. What an enmity means is an enemy against God. Your mind wars against God and what he thinks is right, his laws, his precepts, and what he wants you to do. See, we can tend to be in a place of pride when we think that we know more than Christ. Right. It says, according to the scriptures, it says that God's ways are higher than our ways. Right. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So we need to sit back in a place of humility and be like, Lord, I want to have your mind. I don't want this mind that was given to me by default because of sin. I want my mind renewed. I want it to be born again. Hallelujah. Okay. Verse eight. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Did you guys hear me? So if you are walking according to a flesh as a Christian, you can't please God. And it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. But... In this place of trying to please God, right? Because he's given us so much, right? He saved us. He redeemed us. He gave us another chance of having life with him and being reconciled with him. We want to be well-pleasing to God. I guess I could speak for myself. I'm always trying to be well-pleasing to God. But I can't be well-pleasing to God if I'm operating in the flesh. Your flesh is what is stopping you from actually building a relationship with christ your flesh wants to do the things of the world right the desires of your flesh such as fornication such as adultery such as you know gambling drinking smoking you know all these things that you might think is not a big deal 
it's causing a block from you to please God, right? I get it. If you are just became born again, don't worry. You stay on the right track with the Holy Spirit. You stay in God's word. You stay in God's presence. And by, by no time, you'll see a difference in your life, right? This stuff just doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. It's sanctification. And I want to encourage you and exhort you as a minister to the body of Christ. We are moving from faith to faith and glory to glory. So trust in the process. Keep following. Do not beat yourself up. It says the righteous man falls seven times, but gets back up eight. The, the key is not to quit. The key is to keep repenting, moving forward. It says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Having that fear of, a, of the Lord is healthy. It will establish you. It will keep you in a place where you're soberly minded about how can I walk this thing out tangibly as a born-again believer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's, can, let's continue a little further. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> verse, Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. We are all God's creation, but we're not all God's children. Once you go through the adoption process of becoming born again, you become a child of God. You become an heir with the kingdom of God and a joint heir with Christ. You are now um, a relative, right? You are a citizen of heaven. Why we are so adamant about you becoming a son and a daughter, because when the enemy starts to whisper in your ear, when he starts to put doubt and unbelief and fear you will not be shaken or moved because you are part of an unshakable kingdom. You have been given a spiritual authority and dominion and power that comes from the Lord Jesus when you are a citizen of heaven, when you are a child of God. It says that you have been given every spiritual blessing that comes from above. You are seated with him in heavenly places with him. Hallelujah. So when we have Christ in us, which is the Holy Ghost, right? The anointing, the, the, the Spirit of God dwelling in us. That is the seal of promise and the seal of redemption. So now, verse 10. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Did you hear that? That means that you are no longer obligated to be a spirit that is dead. You have been given the spirit of life. You have been given the spirit of righteousness. You have the spirit of wisdom. You have the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of the fear of the Lord dwells in you. That is the Holy Spirit that reveals all truth. Now, when we are facing sickness and disease, or we're facing even um, unclean spirits, right? Demons that are trying to attach to our soul realm. 
Well, you have been given the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and now is quickening your mortal body. Think about that. You have the spirit of life. You have not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That means you can conquer any giant in your life. You can conquer every devil that tries to rise up against you. Because it says in the word of God, if God is for you, who can stand against you? That means when sickness and disease tries to creep on you, cancer, autoimmune disease, anything, COVID, I mean, whatever it is, you have Christ in you. You have the Holy Spirit that will give life to your mortal bodies. I am about to jump for joy because I feel so fired right now. I feel like the Holy Spirit wants you just to hear this word and you receive it in faith. If you pull on that anointing, it will be yours because see, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So when we pull on the word of God, when we are consuming the word of God, Holy Spirit will bring it alive, right? It says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, separating soul from spirit, separating all the way into bone and marrow, and it reveals the intentions of the heart. But it also says that the word of God is alive. It's active. It's ready to be used now. Don't put it on the shelf you know, blow the dust off your Bible and pick it up and let the word of God just breathe into your soul. Let the Holy Spirit reveal the revelation and the knowledge of him. Because when you start to get this understanding that you are a son, that you are a daughter, that you are treasured by the Lord, you will start to walk in your true nature, your true identity, and your true God given authority that Jesus paid for. So at at the end of this teaching, I want you to consider where are you at with the Lord? Evaluate yourself. Am I really walking in my true identity or am I just going through the motions? Am I just going to church, you know, one hour on Sunday and thinking that this is the Christian walk? I want to tell you there's more to this. There is a greater measure that you could walk into, but you have to spend time with Jesus. You have to get in that secret place. You have to let the Lord speak to you and you hear his voice, right? It says in the word of God that Jesus is the good shepherd and I shall not want. It also talks about that when he calls you, you know his voice. You don't listen to the stranger's voice. So get in that place where you're in God's presence Let the Holy Spirit commune with you and let the word of God be breathed upon you where you will start to spirit, where you will start to experience that spiritual mind, which is life and peace. If you want more of this content, please go and follow us on all our social media platforms. Until next time, God bless you, sons and daughters of God.